Good morning again. So we, uh, we are wrapping up our teaching series that we have been calling uh, Resolution Redux. Redux means you're just going back to something and, and checking it out again. And in our first couple weeks, we looked at uh, resolutions around our time. I'm going to be more efficient with my time. I'm going to make better use of my time. And in the last week, we talked about I'm going to take better care of my money. I'm going to be more efficient with my money. I'm going to save. I'm going to get, get out of debt. And uh, we discovered that resolutions take a thing and they make it the thing. And that's usually why they don't stick because there's only one thing and that thing is a person who's supposed to be the center of everything. And this morning we wrap up the series and we look at kind of the resolutions, the very common resolutions that go along with our bodies, our physicality. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym six times a week. I'm going to do a 30-day juice cleanse. Whatever, whatever it, it might be that you put in the center and, and dedicate yourself to rather than, than Jesus. So um, our, this idea of, of honoring God with our bodies, it comes out of uh, two verses in the book of 1 Corinthians. And these are going to be the only verses that we look at specifically Everything that I say this morning is basically going to come out of Scripture, and there's going to be notes um, in, the, in the bottom of each slide, so you can refer to those. You can also, uh, there should be a number going up behind me right now that you can text. You text the word notes to that number, and you will um, be able to just click on a link, and it will take you to all of those, all of those verses and kind of follow along with, with, uh, with my notes. So that, that one piece of Scripture we're going to look at this morning is from the book of 1 Corinthians. It's chapter 6. Verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So a couple of points of, of context um, on those verses before, before we, we dive in. Um, that, those verses, right, it talks about what's to the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian church was, this is specifically in the context of, of sexual immorality. And much of the Corinthian church, as we talked about last week, came out of the Greco-Roman world. And so they had their own issues when it comes to uh, misusing and abusing the gift that is supposed to be sex. And, the, um, and they were equating it to, there was a lot of sex that went on within the, the religious temples of the Greco-Roman world. And then the, the idea of the temple was central to the Jewish believers. The, the idea of the temple in the Old Testament, the temple was the place where the presence of God resided. People would go there to meet with God, to experience his present, presence. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ dies, is resurrected, and he says, I'm going so that another might come. The Holy Spirit, my presence, will come and will dwell within each of you who call yourselves believers. So the presence of God has moved from a central location in a temple, in a building, to within each and every believer. The order um, of those verses is of the utmost importance because we can get it turned on its head, especially in America, in the earn it, do it, grab it kind of society in which we live. Um, it says you were bought 
at a price. You were bought at a price, and therefore, because you were bought at a price, the presence of God resides within you. This idea of honoring God with our bodies is not about using fitness as a beating stick or, um, or how, how fit you are or how well you eat, and those things kind of earn God's presence with you. God did that. God is the only one who could do that. God cleared the way. He, he restored, he redeemed, he reconciled the relationship between humanity and himself. And as a result of his work, we have the opportunity for him to reside inside of us. The, the command to honor God with your bodies is not one where we honor God with our bodies and therefore God is within us. God is within us because of what, of what he did. Does that make sense? That's super, super important, and we can get it turned on its head and can, can make the idea of honoring God with our bodies um, like a tool for shame and ridicule and just really, really misuse. So I want to make sure that we're clear on that. One more, um, not one more, I guess a caveat before, before we continue. Um, when we think about our bodies and we think about our physicality and we think about... Um, I mean, it just conjures up all kinds of stuff, body image, right, uh, things we see on Instagram and all over social media. I want, I want us to think of ourselves individually. Be your own benchmark. Jesus told two different parables, par- parable of the talents, parable of the minas. And in those parables, um, a master gives his servants different amounts of money, one five, one two. One, one, five bucks, two bucks, one dollar. And um, they're each held accountable for what they were given. The one who was given five went and did good stuff with it and made five more. His master came back and said, where's my money? He said, here you go, master. Here's five and five more. The guy with two did the same thing. He went and he earned two more, gave the master four when he came back. The guy who had one went and buried it because he was afraid of losing it. And the master was really, really disappointed that the person did not use what was given to them. The master didn't come back and compare him. He, he was measuring him on what he had been given and what he had been asked to take care of. Right. So in terms of our conversation this morning, some of us are short, some of us are tall, some of us are larger, some of us are smaller. Right. Some of us have athletic capabilities, some of us have no athletic capabilities. Some of us find it easy to eat well. Some of us struggle with food. Some of us have incredible flexibility, range of motion. Some of us can't touch our knees, never mind our toes, right? Um, I have had the very good fortune of being able to be involved in something called CrossFit over the last 10 years, and I've gotten to coach lots of different people. I've coached grandmothers, and I've coached Navy SEALs, and I've coached everybody in between. And when people come into the gym, they, one of, they make one of two mistakes. They look around and they find the biggest, strongest, fastest, fittest person, and they compare themselves to that person. I'm like, oh, I could, I could never do that. Or they come in and they see that person and they're like, I'm going to do that. And somebody who's never been in a gym before comes in, throws 500 pounds in a bar and hurts themselves. And I... Just like I'm telling you, just like I tell them, be your own benchmark, 
right? This is not about what anybody else is doing. This is about, or what anybody else is capable of doing. This is about the body that God has given you and what he expects from you as the temple of his Holy Spirit. Are we tracking? Okay, cool. So this idea of, of honoring God with our bodies, I think we can, um, we can boil it down to four different things, right? We are created, we are commanded, we are redeemed, and we are reminded about the importance of our bodies. First, we, we are created. Two different, ways, two different ways of looking at this. Scripture tells us that each one of us was created with fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139. Specifically, right, God knew you, God had dreamt about you long before you were born. Your specific person, your specific wiring, your specific build and physical capabilities and limitations. And he, he also created for you good works to do. We were thought about in advance, and those works that we would do were thought about in advance. Your particular physical makeup was given to you so that you could do a specific set of things for God in God's name as a way of bringing him glory. You were made on purpose and for a purpose. Each person, each person is a masterpiece, a masterpiece of God's handiwork. Right? The second, so the second part of that flows right out of that. We look at the mountains. We look at a sunset. We look at nature. We look at the stars in the sky. And we should include in that the human form. The human body is an amazing, amazing work of art. All of its systems and all of the intricacies and the way it works and the way it heals itself, all designed on purpose for a purpose. Just the human body, its existence should bring praise and glory to God. And then what we do, our purpose, right, our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's why we were given the bodies that we were given. We were, we were created, right? Our bodies were created for God. We are commanded to love God with our bodies. Our, our mission verse, the love God, love others, the full statement of that, of the, at least the first half of that, in Mark 12, verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and and Thank you. Right? Strength implies our bodies. The statement altogether, heart, soul, mind, and strength, is everything we got. All in, full send, don't leave anything on the court, however you want to phrase it. Heart, soul, mind, and strength is about everything we got. In commenting on that verse, Charles Spurgeon said it, we should love God intensely and in an energetic way fashion. Now, that doesn't mean that it's, it's 16 hours a day of, of Bible study and prayer. It could, it could mean an increasing amount of Bible study and prayer as you grow, as your heart grows for Jesus and you want to spend more, more time with him. But I think in our context, we need that constant input of Bible study and prayer. 
But it also means that a 12-hour shift at work on our feet for 12 hours can be done to the glory of God. Leading a classroom full of third graders can be done for the glory of God. Chasing your children around and raising them to love God and to love others, right, for the glory of God. All of those take our physical bodies to do, right? We can do all of those things for God's glory. We are commanded, right, we are commanded to love God with all of our strength. So if we're working, we work as unto the Lord. If we're playing, we play as unto the Lord. Created, commanded. We are also, our bodies have been redeemed. Our physical bodies have been redeemed. And this happened through, we spent the whole month of December talking about this idea of the incarnation. Jesus came to earth, walked this earth, as a human. Right? Think about, and I think the reference that I have on the slide just says the Gospels. Right? It's not a specific verse, just the Gospels. Go read all of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus was born physically, physically born into a human body. He grew just like any other young person student. We don't have a lot written about his early life, but we know that there's specific verses that say he grew. We, there's a snippet about him about the time that he's, he's 12 years old or so, interacting with his parents, causing his parents a little bit of worry. Um, what else? There's a really interesting verse in the book of Isaiah, right? So Isaiah is a prophet in the Old Testament, and in hindsight, we can look back and say he was writing about Jesus. We know about Jesus' physical appearance. Jesus was not, this is, gonna, this is not blasphemous, Jesus was not necessarily a good-looking dude, right? It says there was nothing about his appearance that would draw us to him. He was just, just a guy, just a plain, ordinary-looking guy. He ate, right, fish, wine, bread, figs, olives. That sounds pretty good, right? Jesus diet, let's do that. He ate. He needed to nourish his physical body. Jesus got tired and he napped, right? Jesus didn't care where he napped either. Boat in a storm, he was taking a nap. He, he walked. He walked everywhere. But during his three years of ministry, the time that's recorded in the Gospels, um, somebody who had a lot of time and interest in this kind of thing calculated in those three years, he walked somewhere around 3,100 miles, so Jesus was physical. He worked with his hands. He did manual labor. He kept rhythms of life. He slept. Scripture tells us he got up early. And then, of course, he, he physically died on the cross, and he rose again. Jesus' physical existence is there so we might know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he not only understands and empathizes with the human condition, but he lived. He lived as a person. And he experienced sore muscles, and he sweat. 
Jesus existed within a physical body so that we might know that he knew where we were at. Jesus died a physical death. His body was died and buried in a tomb. And that's because that needed to happen to beat sin. Jesus' bodily death beat sin. His bodily resurrection assures our bodily resurrection. For those of us who choose to call Jesus Lord, we are assured of a bodily resurrection because he opened that door for us. That was a door that was locked to us. He beat death and rose again and opened that door to us. Created, commanded, redeemed, and the pages of Scripture remind us over and over and over again in all kinds of different ways of the importance of our bodies. Um, Paul uses all kinds of, Paul, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, uses all kinds of physical analogies, talks about runners running a race, and he talks about how physical training is of some importance, but spiritual training is of more importance. We see it over and over, and especially, especially we see it in his prayers. In the letters that Paul wrote to the churches that he planted, in the churches that he was pastoring, the churches that he cared about, his prayers for them talk about their emotional life and their spiritual life and their community life, but it talked about their physical lives as well. He wanted their bodies to be well. He wanted them to persevere physically in the tasks that were put before them. So really quick, down and dirty, right? Created, commanded, redeemed, and we are to remember that our physical bodies are important. And all of that is about, about keeping Jesus at the center. Bruce, could you put up the, the yellow text? It's a couple lines long. Honoring God with our bodies is not about earning God's presence with us. God's presence with us creates the opportunity for all that we do to become honoring to him. God's presence in us is what creates that possibility. And there are kind of two different ways that, that we can look at this, right? There's, there's what we do with our bodies, and there's how we treat our bodies. First, what we do with our bodies. We're here, it's church, it's Sunday morning, and we can use our bodies to worship, right? Our voice, our hands, our posture, our feet, right? We engage physically in the act, in the act of worship. The other, um, what we would consider more, uh, I guess, churchy or religious way to look at this, right, is in, in how we serve people, right? We use our physical bodies to serve people. We do service projects. We set up chairs. We plug stuff in. We bring meals to people. We sit by somebody's bedside and hold their hand. Right, we use our bodies Part of the, and that honors God in worship and in service, right? We talk about being in, in a spiritual ready position by being engaged with God on a regular basis. So when his spirit talks to us, we can move, right? The same is true of our physicality, of our bodies. One of the reasons, one of the ways we can honor God is by taking care of ourselves so that when the Holy Spirit says, go hold somebody's hand, go help somebody move, go do a service project, is that we're ready and that we're capable of doing that. Right? We're capable of responding 
to the way God wired us individually when the call comes. We're ready to go and do that. Um, the, the idea of our work, right? And if you're a student, that would be, that would be going to school. I would encourage you that, um, to, not, to, not, to not think of your life as church on Sunday mornings, maybe group during the week, and whatever time you spend in study and prayer, like as that's sacred, and what I do for work and school, that's kind of other stuff. There is no divide there. Your life is your life with Jesus. And everything that you do because of his presence in you, you have the opportunity to honor him. So when you go to work, when you go to, to pitch something to a customer, right? when you're working on a new design for something, when you are taking a test, when you're doing homework, you can, the Bible encourages us to do everything like we're doing it for Jesus, do everything for the glory of God. That includes our work. The really tedious parts of our work and, and school and the stuff that we, we really, really enjoy. Um, the last part of what we do with our bodies is uh, who we choose to share our bodies with. Scripture is pretty clear that there is a God-honoring way to, um, to pursue physical intimacy. And that is one man, one woman within the context of marriage. And when, when we pursue sexual intimacy within that context, it is a God-honoring thing. It points to Jesus. And it brings, it brings him glory. And the way, the, there's so much that, that goes into that, um, the, the pursuit of, of our sexuality and our physicality and intimacy within the way God designed it. The way we dress, the way we carry ourselves, the way, um, the way we use our bodies to interact with, with other people. All of that can be God-honoring. With whom we choose to share our bodies can be God-honoring. All right, then, so there's, that's, that's what we do with our bodies. And there's how we treat our bodies. And generally, kind of three big buckets. Nutrition, exercise, sleep. Right? When it comes to nutrition, we want to expend more calories than we take in. If we take in more calories than we expend, we expand, right? Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that. If you, if you guys want to talk more about, about that, this kind of really particular stuff, I would love to do that afterwards. Um, but just the Jesus diet, right? <laughs> eat, eat whole foods um, and, and expend more calories than you take in. Exercise. 30, 30 minutes, three times a week. Some of us can do that. Some of us can get to a gym. Some of us go for walks. If you don't, if you're not in a season of life where that can't happen, park in the, par the parking spot furthest away. Right? Take the stairs instead of the elevator. When you pick up your kid, do an extra squat when you pick up your kid. Right? There are all sorts of creative ways that you can engage your body physically to, to, take, to, take, care, to take care of your body. So uh, God has been very good to me, and I haven't necessarily 
struggled with, um, with what I do with my body, with the work and service and with whom I share my body and, and that kind of thing. Um, but the other piece, how I treat my body is, is different. For me, um, that is an, on, an ongoing struggle, right? With Jesus at the center, I can view food and exercise and sleep the way that God intended them to. But when things like um, anxiety and, and ambition and just a twisted search for approval switch with Jesus and those things become the center, right? When, when I'm concerned, when I'm anxious and anxiety kind of overtakes me, sleep eludes me. Right, I, I just I can't sleep because my mind is turning about all the things that I should be controlling and taking care of and how this thing or that thing might go wrong and, and thinking things out six months down the road, six years down the road. That's God's domain. That's not mine. Right? But when anxiety takes center stage in my life rather than Jesus, sleep eludes me. When, um, when stress is at a, at a high level, Food and drink does not become nutrition. It becomes something to be controlled and or a source of consolation. I had a rough day. I'm going to eat a whole pile of cookies because I deserve it. I had a rough day. I'm going to have another glass of wine at dinner because I deserve it. Right? When... when Stress and anxiety, ambition, search for approval, when those things displace Jesus, the ways in which we were given to honor God with our bodies, the exact opposite happens. And when I am not in a good place, like I love, I love going to the gym, right? I've had some of the most uh, intense, like, worship experiences of my life running and hanging from a pull-up bar and just like, I, I, most of you are looking at me like I'm absolutely out of my mind, but um, for, for those of you who are wired kinesthetically, right, like, that's a real connecting point for me. But when, I am, when, when I'm looking for approval in the wrong places, right, me going to the gym is all about abs and attaboys. And I know, I know I need to take a step back when that happens and, and reprioritize and, and confess and ask Jesus to take that spot back in the, in the center of my life so that I might, again, use my body to, to honor him. So I don't know, like maybe, maybe none of those things are struggles for you and it's something else entirely different. Um, maybe all of those things are struggles for you when it comes to, to honoring God with, with your body. Um, but what, what I do know is, is this, is when, when we allow Jesus to occupy that spot in the center, right? When we, when we actively accept and pursue and engage the, the life that Jesus offers us, right? The life that he modeled when he lived, the life that he made possible by dying on the cross, when we look ahead to life with him in heaven that he made possible through his, his resurrection, our worship and our service 
and our work and our physical intimacy can be honoring to God. And the things that we eat and the reasons why we eat and how we take care of our bodies, exercise and sleep can be honoring to God. We were created, we are commanded, we were redeemed, and we are reminded that our bodies matter when it comes to honoring God. And with Jesus' presence in us, all that we do can be honoring to God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of life. Uh, We thank you that each and every person you thought about a long time ago and that you created us, God. You created us so um, wonderfully and fearfully, God, that we would... We would be motivated to, to partner with you and in our growth towards you by using our bodies for your glory. God, we confess the ways in which we uh, mistreat our bodies, in which we use them in ways that you did not intend for us to be used. Uh, we confess when uh, those things that you've given us that are gifts like food and and exercise and sleep, uh, when those things displace you at the center of, of who we are. God, we confess when things like anxiety and ambition and approval, when those things sit in your seat at the center of our lives and it turns our physicality into something it was never meant to be. Lord Jesus, may we be the kind of people who in everything that we do, at work, at school, God, that our bodies would be used for your glory and for the growth of your kingdom. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Amen.